0: Welcome to machine learning. Well, doing a lot with uh, pandas, so um, you can do multi-index on pandas, and it creates a hierarchy. Uh, think of a, think of it as like a group by. That's the best way, um, where you start from uh, the zero level. Index and then move inward. So like if you had three fields that you were indexing on uh, The zero would be your outermost then you'd be one to be innermost or be uh, middle and then uh, two would be uh, innermost and so it's going to be grouping from the outermost index to the innermost index and uh, You can uh, you can unstack and stack. Uh, you can uh, unstack and stack uh, indexes. So, if you want for if you sample, if you want to unstack, it would be to add an index. So, let's say you have gender. Uh, that you want to add to your index. So you have city and you have, uh, and then you want to see, uh, gender, everything divided by gender, then, uh, uh, you can do it that way. Um, so, uh, this, uh, uh so what you have then is, uh, um, you'd have uh, you'd have gender, and then you would if you wanted to reverse that, you could then do um, uh, stack, and that would put the uh, index back into the multi-index. And and so anytime you want to see your tuples on that index, then you could uh, you could take your indexes and uh, you could melt it. So PD melt it and you can then see your index tuples. So what Melt does is it takes uh, your columns and it reduces it down into two variables. You'd have a variable and values, and then you can actually give, the, uh, give it a name for uh, your variable name and your values name and uh, put that inside of your put that inside of uh, your, your function. The, uh, these are really important because what you, sometimes you need to melt the, uh, data frame to do your filtering. It's just, maybe it's easier to do your filtering on a melted data frame, get your results and then, uh, re-add the hierarchy index to it and, Uh, then sort the index, do the, uh, take the data frame dot sort index, and then that will then, uh, rebuild the multi-index layout for your results. And a lot of times what I see with people, they don't understand, especially on the, with the stack overflow, they don't understand that when you do a unstack, um, that you've got to do a sort index after that and uh, or you've got to also do a reset index because you could lose that index so let's say for example you 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 remove your unstack and uh, then you have uh, you just you have an unindexed uh, data frame you could then do your loc uh, data frame location slice, where you could get uh, uh, a row or a column or a range of columns, and you can use the slice keyword, and uh, and then you could set values or you could extract values, and then you could rebuild your index uh, by using your unstack and these are these are real powerful ways of, of manipulating because sometimes what people do is they, they, they you can access any portion of your multi index by index uh accessor, accessibility meaning brackets and you'd have to know what level of index that you wanted to, to access um, meaning like, you know, what level are you on the outermost index, the innermost index, or the middle index. And so let's say if you had three indexes, that would mean that you would have three uh, indices that you would have to uh, put in to gain access to that uh, to that value. And so uh, that can be kind of challenging. So by melting it, you... Then can get uh, everything into a uh, value, a variable value combination as a key value combination, and then you can find those values quickly, and uh, you can manipulate them, and then you can uh, then return back the configuration back to uh, uh, to the multi-index output groupings. Well, you know, this is also yields really well with the group by because you're going to create, uh, you're going to create multi-index uh, data frame and then you can access the group by's in tuples, index tuples by uh, grouped, you know, so let's say you take a group by on the data frame and you sign to a variable called group then you want to see the tuples on there, you would say um, group.index, and that'll show you your uh, multi-index data frame. And that has, you can tie that to an ag, and then so you can do sum or cal, or there's there's multiple different types of aggregation, user-defined functions that you, you, even including user-defined functions, which you can, can apply to that group by. So data frames are very powerful in that sense for uh, you know uh, aggregating the data and looking at it. That was one of the things that I saw, and one of the problems that I was working on yesterday is that uh, that they didn't understand the the pro uh, developer didn't understand that um, when you take the data and then they unstacked it to create the multi-index uh, groupings. And then when they display it, it looks great. But then they were trying to access uh, one of the components or elements and uh, they, they were using the LOC function and they weren't correctly uh, defining their, Access levels. They didn't understand their access levels, and uh, so I thought, well, I could I could do it that way and, and uh, make the changes through the access levels, or accessibility levels, or what I could do is I could just uh, uh, leave it in a non-index form, and then you you know have a default uh, ID. Uh, by by doing a reset index so that would give a default ID and it's fairly flat I then can make the changes I want to and then uh, add through uh, the unstack add the levels back in so you could add a level zero you could add level one a level two and uh, and then uh, be able to uh, Uh, get the desired output and and that worked fine that worked fine so there's lots of different ways to approach the problem Um, now maybe you could argue that that wouldn't be a very good approach if you had a really large data frame say like you had several million rows in your data frame and you were attempting to do some data manipulation before you uh, you you fed that into your machine learning algorithm. Um, so um, uh, those are always uh, important considerations. You can use a time it and, uh, and you can see, you know, performance. And there's, there may be cases where you don't want to uh, manipulate the, uh, the data frame. That You may want to do the manipulation in the data file and uh, use git chunk and uh, do the replacements that way and then just bring in your data uh, data frame and then feed it a chunk at a time uh, into a training into uh, training sets into the uh, classifier so you could uh, you, so you could think of uh, your data as being partitioned and then you process it as a partition piece of data. And then when you get done with that uh, training, then uh, uh, feed in your your test data and then start making your predictions with your model. So there's all kinds of considerations when you're working with large data. And I imagine over time, uh, what will happen is that they will do some sort of virtual paging. So you'll bring in, you know, let's say you bring in a billion rows and you're feeding that into your classifier. Uh, that, that eventually they'll have some sort of paging that the operating system will allow it uh, to handle these really large files. You know? So uh, um, that, that should uh, be real helpful that way. All right. Some thoughts on uh, AI and jobs. Okay. And so one of the things uh, you know that's going to be interesting in the next decade—we're talking by 2030—is uh, as you know, COVID displaced. They say 60 million jobs. So 60 at one point, 60 million people lost their work. Uh, 25% unemployment. Worse on worse, worse unemployment. Uh, even worse than the the Great Depression not as prolonged, hopefully, and uh, because we don't have the serious uh, speculation debt that was associated with the Great Depression and the the high number, high amounts of war debt that was incurred by World War II. Uh, However, you know, we've had, uh, we do have a lot of government uh, debt and we have inflation. And, uh, you know, the government's saying that, you know, it's about 2 to 3% inflation. I think it's closer to 6.5% just based on China. So if China's uh, is inflation is 6.5%, then why would the United States inflation also be about equal to that? So th- that's what I think. I think the CPI is broke. Whatever they're using to calculate that, uh, you know, those basket of goods, uh, it has to be distorted because... There's got to be other factors that are contributing to inflation that we're not seeing. But uh, needless to say, if there's uh, was well, 60 million jobs that were lost due to COVID, and you know today, let's say you know there's maybe half of those have been recovered. Still, there could be like 30 million people without jobs. So they could have gone to uh, school. They could have uh, sought other employment, or they could be retiring. You know, they could get uh, to a point where they're like, "Okay, within a certain number of years of retirement, I'll just take early retirement." Um, so there, there is those possibilities that uh, we can we can see that uh, uh, that it, there's some value in the. Um, Uh, some value in the AI where it's going to provide functionality for companies and people are going to get used to the AI interfaces and the automated decisions and you know like some companies you can't even talk to people you get a voice answering service and the voice answering service is just leave a message, leave your phone number and a message. You know, and, you know, you don't know. They don't really even ask. It doesn't even intelligently ask you why you're calling. You know, so there's uh, there's there's room for uh, even companies having smart interfaces up front. But there's a lot of jobs that are going to become data analytic uh, oriented, and so the new way of thinking about data uh, is going to uh, start being a huge uh, paradigm shift over the next 10 years. So, you know, if you're just getting started with data science, you need to uh, enroll into camp or Corsica and YouTube and start programming and getting familiar using Python uh, with handling data and, and definitely start with data frames because data frame manipulation is different from SQL. It has the same uh, principles with set theory but uh, the methodologies to doing things they are more like link-like um, and they have a different uh, object-oriented approach to getting the same results.